Well, hey, welcome everybody. We're so glad once again that you have joined us for service for our online campus at the Church of Grace and Peace. And I'd like to pray for our offering, pray for all the giving with great thanks for all the faithfulness uh, of the continued sowing uh, that has been helping God's vision for this church continue to move forward. Uh, We're so grateful for those of you that have just been standing with, supporting, praying, uh, and and giving finance uh, toward this vision to see God's kingdom advance. And our vision is not just for Tom's River in the Ocean County area, but we have works and partnerships in ministries and missionaries uh, in our state, in our country, and in countries around the world. And so we get to be a part of what God is doing in all these different places, and we are truly seeing God's kingdom advance. So let's pray and ask God's blessing on the giving here today, the giving that's taken place during this last week. So Father, we just give you praise and glory and thanks for all that you are doing around the world. And we thank you for our part that we get to do as the Church of Grace and Peace family, all that you purpose, all that you've envisioned for this community to do to see your kingdom advance. And we pray every dollar, every sent would go toward furthering, go toward advancing, uh, cause, causing your kingdom to move forward even further and even greater ways. We thank you that Jesus is being lifted up. And Lord, as we sow, we thank you that you are the supplier of all of our needs. And we pray where there's need that you would bring supply, that you would bring breakthrough, that you would bring whatever resource is necessary to meet that need. And so God, we give you praise for all of this. It is in the mighty matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, I'm so glad that you're joining us uh, once again here, and I want to give you an invitation. There's a couple of special things that are going to be happening on campus in Tom's River. Uh, So I'm talking uh, specifically Wednesday, August 11, uh, starting at 6 o'clock with hot dogs and some food and some opportunity for fellowship. Uh, And then at 7 o'clock, we're going to be having an outdoor water baptism service. So if you haven't been on campus in a while, if you're not normally out on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to come out and be a part. And hey, if you've not been baptized in water, uh, you can sign up uh, up until uh, August 1 is the deadline for signing up. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. Again, you can still be a part if you sign right up on that. Then also I wanted to let you know a Sunday, August 15th is our church birthday celebration. And so that means after our second service, we'll have lots of food and fellowship again. Common theme here, right? Food and fellowship. Uh, But then there will also be uh, kids activities going on after second service outdoors as well. Going to be a great day. So there's always great things going on, but those are two uh, kind of extra special things that are happening, and we just hope you can join us and be a part of that. All right. Well, hey, we're now in part two of a series that we began last week talking about vision. And, you know, I want to begin our part two here today, and our part two is talking about how to grow a vision, how to have a God-given vision, uh, how to uh, have um, vision expand and bloom and, and, and grow in our lives. So we're going to talk all about that. Uh, but I want to start off, you, you know, uh, from, from a quote, uh, a little bit of an exchange that takes place in Lewis Carroll's very famous book, uh, Alice in Wonderland. And it it's an exchange between uh, the, the Cheshire Cat and Alice. And, and let me go ahead and just t- tell you what is said here. Uh, Alice says, would you please tell me which way I ought to go from here? And that depends on a good deal on where you want to go, said the cat. 
I don't much care, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. So long as I get somewhere, Alice added as an afterthought. Oh, you're sure to do that, said the cat. Only if you walk long enough. And you know, it's interesting, as I saw that quote, as I was thinking about vision, that's the way I think so many people live their lives when it comes to a sense of vision and a sense of purpose. Uh, how do I get there? Well, where is there? I don't know. Oh, I will just keep walking and you'll be somewhere. You know, as uh, sort of silly as that sounds from, from this book and that, that whole uh, Alice in Wonderland kind of a feel, right? There's so much kind of craziness in, in the conversations that, that take place in that story, uh, but it's no less sobering a picture. We don't want to go through life just kind of taking a walk and seeing where it takes us. You know, that's okay if we're exploring and we're adventuring and we're enjoying some Sabbath time, but God has much greater purpose for every one of our lives. And it's the purpose stuff that's most fulfilling for us. So, hey, uh, last week we started talking on this topic of vision we spoke about common vision problems that we can all deal with. So we said that was blindness, nearsightedness, farsightedness, uh, and hindsightedness. And then we said that there are three vision anchors that we really need to have clear as we look out onto the landscape of our lives in order to build a vision from there. And we said we have to start with who God is, who we are, and of course that's who we are in Christ, and then where are we actually going? Where do we want to go? And so with those uh, foundations, I want to talk today, again, like I said in the introduction, about how do we grow vision? How do we make room for God's vision to unfold and, and take shape in our lives? So, you know, oftentimes as, as we preach sermons at Grace and Peace, sometimes they're topical sermons. That means we just deal with a topic. Sometimes they're expository where we pick a portion of Scripture and we pull certain key thoughts out of that Scripture. You know, um, and then sometimes as we're preaching, we're teaching. Sometimes we're, we're preaching and we're just proclaiming. Sometimes it's exhortation. I would say for today, I want to today have this message move more, more in the tone of uh, a time of reflecting together. A time of doing some soul searching with the Lord, some prayerful reflection. And so what I really want to look at here is uh, some, some vision building principles some, some vision-building questions that we can reflect on that will help us hear from heaven, help us be in pursuit of the Lord to discover what his vision is for our lives. And remember, God never unfolds his whole plan for us from beginning to end. Oftentimes, he gives us just, you know, just like when you're driving a car at night, right? Your, your headlights usually just show you just far enough down the road, uh, you, you know, so that you can drive safely. And then when you get to the point where your headlights last we're showing you what was there. Now they're shining a little further down the road, right? And, and oftentimes that's the picture of how God's vision unfolds. He might show us something for way down the road, but often it's unfolding as we're walking with him. And my point is this, vision is something that we have to continually be in pursuit of as we pursue the Lord, of course. So all of these principles together, I want to ask you and I want to invite you to, to just um, consider 
what these questions are asking. And I even invite you to take some time and, and go away from this service and reflect and, and, and maybe even journal on some of these things. I'll talk about that with our, with our next steps moving forward. But, you, you know, when it comes to pursuing God and, and looking at purpose and vision, questions can be very, very powerful. I remember having a conversation with someone a couple years ago, and uh, she was looking to talk out uh, some vision and direction for her, for her life. And, and so uh, as I sat across from her uh, at her desk, uh, all I did was ask a bunch of questions. And you know, in the moment, she didn't have a lot of answers. But you want to hear something so powerful? She called me several days later, and she said, you're not going to believe what's been happening. And she said, as I've been pondering these questions with the Lord, I've been getting so much insight onto, as I've been discovering what's most important to me and to God, and as I've been looking at the way I've been living my life, I'm realizing nothing that I'm doing is connected with where I want to go. And she said, I've actually been weeping. I've been in tears. And she said, but it's wonderful. And I, I first thought, I did not come over there, you, you know, to have this appointment to, to make you cry. You know, but it was, she was saying, no, no, this is life changing because I'm, I'm not just wandering anymore. I, I can now bring what I do uh, into a place of intentionality to be following after what God has for my life. So questions are powerful, and, and I, I want to share these vision principles and invite you to make them some prayerful, soul-searching questions that, that you go over with the Lord, all right? So let's go, let's look at the first one. Vision-building principle is this, begin with the end in mind. In other words, let the starting point of our vision be the best that we can understand what is the end point. Now, that's, that's a statement that was made very popular by Stephen Covey. Uh, I believe the, the book was uh, Habits of Highly Productive People. But guess what? Stephen didn't figure this out. It actually goes back to the Word of God. It's actually a principle that's in the Word. And I want to look at a couple of scriptures here. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so this is, this is the end for all of us. We are going to be with the Lord forever, and we're going to have a time where we come before the judgment seat of Christ. And our works and our life is going to be weighed and it's going to be judged. And, and, and to take this principle of beginning with the end in mind, I, I take the starting point where I'm at now and I recognize someday I'll be before the throne of my king. And I will, with him, take a review of how I lived my life. As I make that my starting point, I can't help but start to have that mold and shape my choices, my decisions, and how I live my life, right? Second uh, Timothy Chapter 2, verses 19 to 21 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It goes on to say this in verse 20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. And notice what it says in verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, 
he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. That's a begin with the end in mind scripture. You know, we, we just read here where it says, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And that God's got a house. And there's this picture that, that there's vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And if I cleanse my life from iniquity, if I get the sin and the junk out, and I live in light of this vision that God wants me to be a vessel of honor, I'll be one. Right? But, it, but it, it's, it's having a vision based on what God says about a preferred future that he has for us. So beginning with the end in mind. Now, I went to the ultimate eternal picture. But, you know, sometimes we can do things this way. Like I can remember uh, a mentoring program I was in for youth pastors. And, and they took us youth pastors on a field trip. And believe it or not, it was a field trip to a cemetery. And in this cemetery, uh, she proceeded to hand each one of us our uh, a funeral program with our picture on the cover. It was very, very unnerving to see this and to be sitting in this location. But it was powerful because she was saying, hey, this, every, no one is going to escape this appointment, right? You know, there's no one that, that, that checks out of this place uh, alive unless the rapture happens and we meet the Lord in the air. But hey, that's another sermon, right? But it was so powerful and what, what, what my mentor was saying, so now live your life so when you're at this point, what is it that you want to be said about you? And, and it was, what do you want your closest family to say? What do you want the people that you had the privilege of pastoring? What do you want them to say about you, right? People in your community, people that were your neighbors, people who knew you in other capacities, how do you want your life to be lived? And here was the point, begin with that end in mind. So we could talk about... Um, Hey, I'm retiring at this point. What's my vision for work? By the time I retire, what do I want that end to look like? Maybe you're watching and you're somebody, you're in high school, you're a freshman, and you say, all right, I'm going to have a graduation day. And what do I want my, my GPA to look like? What kind of uh, college options am I going to want to have at that point so I can live with that end in mind? There's smaller ends along the way on our life journey, I just started with the ultimate end when we stand before Christ face to face. So beginning with the end in mind, that's powerful for us to look and we'll start to see vision to unfold, purpose for our lives. Remember, vision is a preferred future that affects and directs the way we live, what we choose to do. All right, a second vision principle. Remember that vision drives purpose and it explains the why behind what you should do. So some of these points are going to be similar to each other, but they're kind of like looking at different facets on a diamond, different angle uh, on, on how to look at this picture of uh, seeking God for vision. So when we have a vision for something, then there's going to be actions that drive us toward that vision. And you know what? There are going to be actions that will drive us away from that vision. That leans back into our memory verse for last week. Without a vision, God's people cast off restraint. With a vision, we'll embrace restraint. We'll say, I'm not doing these things. I'm not doing these things because I'm running toward a prize. I have something that I'm running toward, right? And vision will restrain us from the wrong things, and it'll compel us to be walking toward the right things. So, uh, again, these things that we do, they're the why, the why behind the doing is where we want to go, unless we're just doing things aimlessly. But that's the whole point. We can take some inventory. We can look at our lives. Let me ask you this question. What are your whys 
saying about you? And let me ask you even more so, where are your current whys taking you? Your, your, your steps, your choices, your actions, what you think on, what you ponder on, how you're choosing to fill your time, how you're choosing to interact with the world around you, where is all of that taking you? And uh, it, wherever it's taking you is probably going to point to the why behind those things. You know, one of the greatest deterrents to sin is to have, uh, rather than saying yes to sin, is to have a bigger yes to say yes to. That's part of beginning with the end in mind. And I'm not going to pursue that sin. I'm not going to step down that pathway. I got a race I'm running, and one day I'm going to see my king face to face, right? So remembering that our vision, uh, our vision is going to drive our purpose, or at least it's supposed to drive our purpose. And then our vision starts to put the why behind our actions. And so if there's hypocrisy or if there's inconsistency in how we're living, then probably there, there are, we've not allowed our vision to be truly driving where we're going. I hope that helps as a second point. Let's take a look here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 26. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So we have all of this great Christian living instruction that we're given here in Hebrews 10. But notice it says, let us consider all of these things. Let us purpose to do all of these things. And then he says, all the more. Why? Because the day is approaching, capital D. That day when Jesus comes back, when, when Jesus comes for his church, right? So that is the why behind these what's that we're given to do. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, hey, when it comes to our work, when it comes to whatever we put our hands to, it says this in verse 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master that you're serving is ultimately Christ. You know, we're, we're in Olympics season right now, and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on with the Olympics and people pursuing medals and all of that. And, you know, what, what, I, I marvel at the discipline and the work ethic and the amount of consistent uh, diligence that these athletes give toward their pursuit, toward their, um, their, their area uh, that, that, that they're going to be competing in. And at the end of the day, <laughs> what are they aiming at? What are they looking at? Uh, it is they're going for gold. That is the why behind getting up early and all the hours of training and pushing through the pain and, and all the stuff that they do is that they could be standing on that podium on behalf of their country receiving hopefully gold right? So uh, again, just another picture of uh, the person who has the fortitude to train that way is very, very clear on the, the what or the, the why they're doing this that's driving the what that they're doing. All right, let's, let's move forward from these. Number three, um, if, if we want, these are vision principles, right? We want to keep God's priorities 
as our priorities. So number three is keep God's priorities as your priorities. So as we're seeking a God-given vision, we look at God's word and we know from God's word, it tells us so much about God's heart for his people, how we should live, what our priorities should be, what his priorities should be. And specifically, right, Matthew 6.33 says, hey, if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all these things will be given to you as well. This picture of put God and his kingdom as first priority in our lives and everything else is going to sort out and be built on top of that. So as we look at God's vision for our lives, it's going to include what he thinks is most important. And, you know, and I've had times as I, in my own vision, you know, building journey, going with the Lord, there are times where I'd realize, Father, this is a priority for you but I've not let it be a priority for me. So Lord, touch my heart. And, I, and I've even had times where I've made it a steady prayer point. Lord, I, I need to catch a heart for this. Lord, this is something you love. And because you love it, I should love it. And, and, and being you know, open and bare before you, I, I know I'm calling it out. I'm not loving the way I should. So, so Lord, help me. Lord, work in my heart. That, that would be my effort to say, Lord, I want your priorities to be my priorities as vision unfolds in my life, as I see a vision for my life given from heaven. All right, number four, spend time prayerfully dreaming in the various areas of your life the various uh, relationship roles, the, the various settings of your life. And I'm, I'm going to explain this a little bit. And again, if you're following along on our notes, um, you know, you can continue to fill these in. But what I'm encouraging you to do is dream a little bit in this area and, and in each of these areas and just, just ask the Lord, Lord, what, what's the potential on how this could look, on where this could be? on where this could get to in this area. So, so let me explain. Let me unfold a couple of these. So, so in, in your notes, um, one area, your walk with God. Do you have vision for your own walk with God? Lord, where is it that you want my walk with you to go? Where do you want it to get to? What do you ultimately want it to look like? Well, we know for sure God wants it to be growing. He wants us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, he wants to be priority in our lives, you know, and then we could, you know, just, just work even further. He wants there to be fruit in our lives. He wants the fruit of the Spirit to be in our lives. He wants us to uh, abide in him. Uh, he wants to advance his kingdom through us, right? So as we start to look at some of these things, we start to get a vision for, all right, so what does that look like in my daily life for me to be a child of God? You know, I can remember when I first started thinking about that. I, I thought, Lord, I don't want to be just um, a mediocre Christian. You know, the word mediocre means halfway up a stony mountain. That's what the word mediocre means, right? That's, that's just such an ugly definition, isn't it? I don't want to be a mediocre Christian. I want to be one that lives in a way that puts a smile on your face, God. You know, where, where, where the, the Lord would say, um, you know, um, Abraham, oh, his faith, his faith made him a friend of God. Right? It tells us in the word, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I thought, well, in my walk with God, I want to be a pleasing believer. So I want to make sure that I cultivate faith in my life so I'm pleasing my father. Right? So, so just exploring and looking at, you know, what does this look like? What is this going to shape into? And we start to get vision that's going to order our steps. Well, you know, we start thinking, man, oh, who I want to be in Christ. I want to spend more time in his word. Oh, who I want to be in Christ. I, I, I want to be somebody whose prayers change the world around me. Oh, I got to pray more. 
man, I got to get into the word and see what God wants to do through the prayers of his people. That starts to cultivate vision and that starts to um, cause the way I live to grow and move forward. All right, how about the second area in family? What vision can I cultivate regarding my family and my personal relationships? Right? No greater love, uh, the word says, does one have for another than to lay his life down for his friends, right? That's what Jesus uh, spoke about, right? So what does it look like for me to live in a way where I'm laying my life down for my family? Now, when, obviously, when it comes to other people, uh, the vision that we have, I, I, I'm, I'm unwise if I have a vision for how somebody else behaves and for somebody else's choices. I can influence them, but they have to ultimately choose. And, and, and I'm, I'm much better to look at this more from the perspective of, like I'll tell you, for instance, for me, I can remember thinking, what kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of a father do I want to be? You know, and, and I, I really spent a lot of time prayerfully looking at that. And then even looking at some of the, the unique challenges that come to a ministry family. Lord, what kind of a, a, a father do I want to be as, I, as I'm a pastor? You know, um, and, then, and then just letting that begin to shape how I live, the choices I make. What am I being intentional with? What do I want to intentionally keep? What do I want to intentionally guard against? And now there's vision for my life that drives who I am as a husband and who I am as a father. I went even a step further to where I wrote these things out. Here's who I want to be as a child of God, who I want to be as a husband, who I want to be as a father. And I visit these things often so that they can recalibrate my life to make sure that the why behind the what is getting me to where I want to go. All right, a couple other areas we can look at in our vocation. What vision can we cultivate uh, regarding our vocation? You know, um, uh, how we impact for the Lord and how we impact in that area. You know, just catching a vision. Lord, what is it that you want to see happen in my life because of me, through me? And then how about this one? Uh, you can fill in, in your church. What is your vision for your church? We're going to get to some vision about grace and peace uh, in upcoming uh, weeks here. But specifically for you, how can, I, um, how can I have a vision? Lord, capture a vision for my heart, for my church. Then the next area we could look at, how about friendships and relationships? What kind of friend do I want to be? What, what kind of vision do I have for my friendships and, and other, other uh, connections? And then in my community, that's the last one you can fill in under this point. You know, what vision do I have for my community? The difference that I can make in my community. What is it that God wants to do in me and through me? All right, we're going to move forward here. Uh, uh, remember, these are vision-growing principles. So if you want to see vision built in your life, and maybe you're at a little bit of a, a loss, well, you know, what's my purpose, and what's my mission, and what should I lean into? Here's a great question to ask. What captures your heart? What captures your heart? Oftentimes, what captures your heart is something that God is unfolding vision in that area of your life. Think about Nehemiah. Right, it was the, the the king says to Nehemiah, like, man, I can tell you're 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 sad on the inside. I can tell this is like a something going on deep inside you, and and Nehemiah's heart is broken because uh, Jerusalem is broken down, the walls are broken down, the city is in shambles. And that was God's vision for, for Nehemiah's life, for he, him to be the one and to govern the process of the, the city being rebuilt, the walls being rebuilt around the city. So oftentimes what captures our heart uh, will drive our vision. And then number six, what are my strengths? Oftentimes God will, now, now we don't, we don't want to falsely think that God will only work in the area of our strengths because there are biblical uh, pictures of when we're weak, he's strong. 
However, there is a picture where oftentimes God will take the strengths that he has placed inside us and have them used for his glory. You know, so sometimes we can look at, well, where are my strengths and, and how can they be used for the kingdom of God? We can think of Joseph. We can think of Daniel. We can think of the, the three Hebrew children. When we read about the construction of the tabernacle, uh, God had certain people appointed to help with some of the skilled craftsmanship because God had anointed and placed giftings inside these people uh, to do these particular areas of work. And it says in Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, do you see someone skilled in their work? they will serve before kings they will not serve before officials of low rank you know so I don't know if you've ever heard I I feel like much of my life I heard people say you know if there's something that you're bad at you know you just got to work really really hard at it and put a lot of effort into working at it but you know that's really not wise stewardship because all of us have areas that God has made us good at stuff And we should be putting our effort into, first of all, discovering what gifts God has placed inside us and then putting our effort into growing those gifts. Think about it. If I'm terrible at something, I I had somebody once tell me about basketball. They said, Jim, when it comes to shooting hoops, he said, put it this way, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. That's how bad you are at basketball. I mean, first of all, look at how tall I am. Second of all, just that hand-eye thing for, for basketball, uh, it, it just, just, just didn't work for me. You know, if I was to spend all of my time focusing on that, let's go back to that word, maybe I would become a mediocre basketball player. But instead, moving in areas of my gifting and my strength, it says in Scripture, that makes room for you in the world around you, and it makes room for God to be glorified and and God's kingdom to be advanced through our lives. And there's all kinds of places where God has gifted us. There's not one person uh, that was off the assembly line when God was giving out gifts, so it's up to each of us to find out and discover what those things are. All right, and then number seven, what can I steward for the Lord? In other words, looking at my current season, my current resources, my current circumstances, what can I steward in my life right now that could be used to glorify God? And it's very possible that that could be used as an area of God uh, unfolding vision in our lives. There are so many folks who found their calling by simply blooming where they were planted in that life station. You know, so just kind of, you know, uh, I've seen folks have a vision for kids ministry because they they had kids coming through, you know, coming up age-wise with the kids ministry and they worked in in that kids ministry area with their families and with with those children and some discovered long-term call for children's ministry. Uh, Maybe it's for pastoring, for missions work, all kinds of different areas where where we could discover vision for our lives uh, just by simply stewarding what's in front of us right now. All right. So, hey, as we start to wind this message down, those were seven different things that we can reflect on uh, that could start to turn our ear toward the Holy Spirit to get some fresh vision for our lives, to see what God wants to unfold in our lives. I want to give you just a few things to remember in light of all of this as we get ready to wind down. Number one, remember the pathway and the journey. Those things are very important and significant from God's perspective. So always remember, in the moment, the stuff that's going on is a part of what God is trying to use to unfold his vision and to grow us and to see his purposes worked out in our lives. Number two, um, for all of this, if we're going to walk out God's vision, this is super, super important. We need to keep a vital, 
vibrant relationship with the Lord burning in our lives. We just have to fight to maintain that priority that we are staying in healthy, dynamic, vibrant relationship with him because that ultimately is the ground zero place where vision is going to unfold in our lives. All right, number three, uh, if you don't currently have a sense of vision, here's a great idea. See a vision of somebody else's that inspires you and get on and help that vision come to pass. And, and, you know, God will do one of two things. He'll show you that you're actually a part of that vision and it really is your vision. Or as you're working and serving that vision, God will show you where he's launching you to and he'll launch you out from there. So if you're completely stuck and you're saying, man, I just, I don't have a sense of vision. Look at where there's a vision that inspires you and jump on board and help that, that kingdom vision come to pass as well. And then number four, last thing I want to ask you, hey, when it comes to all this stuff, I just want to issue you a challenge. Are you dreaming too small? Are you dreaming too small? God tells us that he's the God who does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to shake off the, you know, the rust and, and, and step into something. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid if as you stepped out, uh, it didn't become what you envisioned or anything else. Uh, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful quote here from Teddy Roosevelt that I, I want to close this with uh, just before we wrap up with some next steps. Teddy Roosevelt, and you look at his life, he overcame a lot of challenges as a child. He was sickly when he was younger, and, and, and he really became a tremendous, tremendous individual. And, and he said this quote, he said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man, and ladies, I would say to the woman too, who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, and who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But those who actually strive to do the deeds, uh, who know great enthusiasm, great devotion, who spends themselves in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. Let's dare greatly for God. He is so big. And he lives inside you and inside me. Let's dare greatly for God and with God. Let's allow him to unfold great vision in our lives. As we get ready to close, I'm going to pray for us in just a minute. But some next steps. Uh, again, in your notes, and you can go to graceandpeace.org if you're not already there, and there are several next step opportunities that you can take there. Number one is Jesus, Lord and Savior of your life. If he's not, that is the starting place for all of this. And you can go to our, our webpage, and, and uh, uh, there's a video from me there where I'll pray with you, lead you in a prayer to invite Christ in your heart, talk to you about where to go from there. Uh, today is your day to make Jesus Lord of your life. Uh, then secondly, which of those seven points, those 
those seven principles are most important for you to address. Don't try to address all of them. Which are most important? And then what will you do to address those? Uh, A next uh, step, another one that you can take, spend some time seeking God regarding the vision areas in point number four. Vision for your own walk with God, vision for your family, vision for your vocation, vision for your church, vision for your community. Spend some time with God regarding those areas and then ask God to speak to you and commit those things to paper. Write down some of those things that God is speaking to you. And then again, a a verse that you can memorize for this week, Matthew 6.33, talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you in this area of vision. Vision will will, um, set set our lives ablaze in all the right ways. Uh, Vision will will turn around uh, even if nothing in the natural changes in our circumstances around us. To see with eyes of vision, man, it's a total game changer. So uh, let me pray for you now and know I'll be praying for you uh, afterward in in the days and weeks to come. So Father, we bless you as we close this service. And Lord, we thank you that when we make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives, we have taken the first key step in walking out your vision and your plan for our lives. And Lord, I pray for each and every person that's um, listening, that's, that's watching, that's a part of this service and Lord, I pray for each of us that you would, um, you would unfold, that you would pour out fresh vision in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would take these points, these things we talked about here today. And Lord, I pray that you would use them, use them as tools in our hands, use them as things that we can bring to you in prayer to uh, begin to, in a fresh way, hear from heaven on your vision for our lives. Where things are stale, where things are desert, Lord, we pray that you would breathe life and and show us what to step out in, what to navigate out in as a result of what we've looked at here today. God, we love you so much. We give you praise and glory for it. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. I am cheering you on. No, here at the leadership at Grace and Peace, we are cheering you on. Have an awesome week.